Welcome to episode 142 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined as always by Kyle Springer. Hello, how's it going? I'm good. How are you this weekend? Doing all right. I'm in a cozy sweatshirt. It's snowing Ooh. outside. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have like, I don't know, like three to five inches mm. right now, somewhere around there. But yeah, uh, I think it's supposed to snow for the next couple of hours still. Oh, so we will see. I forgot to kind of buy groceries before all of this. So that's <laughs> cool. <laughs> What about you? What's what's your weekend been like? Uh, it's been nice. It's been raining over here for us, like raining very heavily mm. all day yesterday. And I dropped by my brother and sister-in-law's house to drop off her birthday gift. And my niece put on her rain galoshes and we went and splashed in a couple puddles. Nice. Uh, so it was That's nice. Awesome. A very a small but valuable piece of family togetherness. Good. Good indeed. This week has been unexpectedly busy for mm-hmm. me. Uh, it, I, 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 I mean, it's the start of the semester. Yeah. It, so my work picked up uh, since I work for a, a university. Uh, but just what I, I was not expecting it to get that busy. I don't think it's been that busy at the, at the start of a semester since I started working oh. there like six years ago. So, yeah, that was kind of crazy. So we haven't recorded the captain's log yet, and we're going to do that today. Uh, I I guess we really haven't decided on an exact time yet, but we'll figure it out. (laughs) Anyways, that's what I've been up to this week and such. But what are we talking about this week here on the review show? Um, uh, we're talking about season one of Halt and Catch Fire. This is yeah. the first episode in our uh, this segment of our ongoing series where at the end of every month, we record an episode about something we're continuing all the way to its end. Instead of mm-hmm. doing a different topic every week, once a month, we check back in with a longer series bit by bit until it's all done. So we're starting something new. We're in season one out of four seasons of this show. So now through April... Uh, yeah. Check in and listen to us talk about this. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I, I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a good one, especially because last year at this time we were doing Mr. Robot. Mm. Right. I, th- I think is that. No, we did Venture we did, Brothers did... first and then we did That's Mr. What I was Robot. Say. Okay. So we did. Yeah. The first three months. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, I think this will be a good companion piece for Mr. Robot. Yes. Um, so if if you guys enjoyed that show or enjoyed l- listening to us talk about that, I think this will be a good follow up. So, indeed, it was season one of Halt and Catch Fire. Um, how how did you come across this show or like what, what inspired you to pick this show to be like, we need to do this for our next uh, end of the month special? I remembered the commercials for it, and I've always been intrigued by the show. But after watching Mr. Robot last year, I'm like, what's another computer based drama that I can get invested in? And yeah. it's it's this one. <laughs> OK, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I remember seeing this because 
I think this was when I was still watching Walking Dead every so often on Yeah, I TV. looked it up. Uh, this sure. premiered in June of 2014. It was a summer show. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 I kind of remember it when it first started. And I remember seeing the commercials and stuff like that. But it looked good. I just never put it high up on my priority yeah. list of like, that looks good. I, I would one day like to get to that show. But... I have all of these other shows first. <laughs> yeah, I think I've told myself at least once a year for the last six years, I should check out Halt and Catch Fire. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> so here we are finally doing that. Yeah, I, I think I I was more so intrigued on the, the yeah, just the whole like it's it's in a like it, it's a fictional story. But it's also kind of a riff on like Steve Jobs and the whole Apple thing and just mm. like just just like the start of Silicon Valley as it was uh, or I, I guess not start. No. I don't know enough to, to speak on <laughs> the when show Silicon is set Valley in started, but. Uh, 1983. Yes, it's 1983 because there's a scene where they go to see Return of the Jedi. Uh, right. yeah. It's set in 1983 in Dallas, Texas, and it is about the uh, this small electronics company trying to get in on the home PC market, fighting against IBM, and towards the end of the season is when Apple lands on the market. And now they've got even more competition. Yeah, and they have their famous 1984 commercial mm -hmm. uh, there at the, at the end, um, which they don't actually show in the show because I'm sure they would have had to pay a bunch of hmm. stuff to get it in there, but they were looking at it yeah it's it is a plot sense, point so. yeah there you go um but yeah i'm glad we started this i i i i'm really enjoying it so far me too i'm so uh, i've been so excited to talk about this because i started two episodes back in december to test it out and said yes yeah. this is the one i want to do for our monthly series and then January has been such a long month. Like we record the last oh, Sunday really in January and the last Sunday in January is the last day in January. So it's like prolonged the time that I've been watching the show and dying to talk about it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about it, too, though. I think the weird thing for me is that as much as I'm enjoying it, I don't know if it has its hooks in me 100 percent yet. Hmm. Like, I, I'm, I'm still sitting there like, yeah, I enjoy this. I like this. I want to see where it goes. But I'm wondering if it's just missing that last oomph, right? That that last like, oh, yes, that is the thing <laughs> that I am like, oh, this is it. Because like see, season one of Mr. Robot had that twist. Yes. Uh, which I, I, I guess is a spoiler if you don't know mm. anything about Mr. Robot, that there is, in fact, a twist. But, like, w when I saw that, like, that was the oomph thing of just like, yes, I love this. This is mm. great. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is much more straightforward is maybe it a better way to put that. And I, I don't mind that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's got a very down-to-earth yeah. plot. It's just about inventing and business espionage and the effect that this work has on these people's personal lives or lack thereof of a personal yeah. life. I was hooked on it. I really love these characters, and I love this chaotic energy that permeates the show. <laughs> like there's, yeah. 
we've said it's a pretty straightforward plot and it's nowhere near as weird as Mr. Robot is, but it's got so many wonderfully strange, chaotic little moments scattered throughout it. Yeah, there's there's a couple things that I'm sure we'll get into in spoilers, but uh, yeah, there's there's just these moments of like where 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 the the show runs up against insanity. I feel yes. like yes, and it's just like the characters don't know how to react, and they're confused, and they're kind of scared. Yeah, but then they're also realizing like, I think I'm going insane. and it's like it uh, yeah like i I, I don't know it's a weird thing to talk about because i also don't think that that is like the point of the show or like the main Mm. plot of the show of like these guys are trying to invent a pc while they go insane you know (laughs) like it's it's not that um but yeah there are there are these uh just just ever so slightly just more weird moments mm. if, if, if that makes sense but yeah so let's uh let's do a bit of we, we've kind of done a bit of a synopsis already yeah yeah it's you, what i told you, you before uh the show PCs. stars yeah the show stars lee pace and he is a salesman he's not an engineer he's not a software guy he's in sales and he's left ibm on uh, bad terms at the beginning Uh of the show and he goes to this little company in dallas and he's like i want to bring us up to ibm's level i want to get us into the pc market and it's him and uh gordon who is this uh hardware engineer who previously built a computer and took it to a conference and it completely failed bombed his reputation and he's been wanting to try it again and then cameron who's this punk college girl who has big dreams of like what computers can do for people and she's brought in as the software part of uh this this program so you've got the sales guy the hardware guy and then software all fighting together over what this computer is going to be yeah it's it's an it's an interesting show because yeah that like they they say the like engineer is like oh he's an artistic genius right yes. he, he knows how to do all of this and that and so you, you would think he would be the one to have the big bright idea but he often ends up being the like weaker pushover just like uh, uninspired to know how to do all of the stuff mm. but then he has these moments where it's like ah oh, yes you're starting to understand business you know yeah. how to do it you're getting there <laughs> come on buddy you can do it mm-hmm. um, and yeah, then you you have the like software eng- eng- engineer, this punk chick who's who's she just doesn't fit in at all. No, like she is, she just stands out like a sore thumb. Right. Um, they give her an office, and, and then she's like, "I'm gonna go work in the warehouse." Thank you. Yeah, like I'm I'm gonna go work in the basement. <laughs> um. So it, it yeah it's it's an interesting mix of characters, and you it's it's but it's both one of those shows where you want to. Like leap leap paces character is on one hand I want to say charming and on the other hand I want to say like slimy like he like he has both of those in equal measure and so you want to root for him and his team and all of the stuff that they're doing but then they're 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 all just at the same time just so selfish and it's just like. (laughs) 
I don't I don't like these people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's an it's an interesting mix, mm. to say the least. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have really anything else to add to the synopsis. Yeah, I think that's a good setup. It's worth checking out. It's a good yeah. drama. If 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 you just want a good story with uh you know no superheroics or magic or <laughs> stuff like that you you want something that's maybe a little more toned down but still has a lot of tension yes this is it mm. this 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 is something to check out so there you go oh, indeed um i guess that takes us to housekeeping uh and then we will get into spoilers after that so if mm-hmm. you did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. You guys can find out more information on our website, which is thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just type in The Whatnots and all of our shows will pop up right there. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, We have a $3 tier, which gets you all kinds of exclusive content. We have finally recorded our 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 next pa- patreon exclusive uh thing for crossplay which is our video game podcast uh it is a 2021 video game fantasy draft Ooh. um so yeah we are looking at all the games that are c- coming out this year uh and drafting them onto our own t- team hoping that they will perform well uh and we will be checking in with that throughout the year um so we'll have some more Patreon exclusive stuff based on that down down the road. Uh, but yeah, go check that out and more. Uh, big shout, shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. So thank you so much, Sam, for helping Thanks, us Sam. out. Uh, we appreciate it a lot. Um, and yeah, beyond Patre- Patreon, we are now officially Twitch affiliates. Uh, so if you like what we do for the captain's log or on whatnots Wednesdays, uh, we are on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the whatnots and you guys can subscribe. Uh, I think a tier one subscription is $4.99 ish. Um, but if you have Amazon prime, you have a free Twitch prime subscription. If you link your accounts, you can give away a free subscription to whomever you want. Uh, and we would love that to be us here at the whatnots. That would be wonderful. Cause who doesn't like free money? <laughs> give us Jeff Bezos's money. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Indeed. Um, Let's see. That being said, last week here on the review show, we had Gino uh, yeah. jo- join us. Uh, he he is one of the hosts of Crossplay. Uh, we talked about the Queen's Gambit, so please go check that out as well. We also recently had your brother Jams on the Captain's Log, which was a lot of fun. So go check that out as well. I think that's about it for housekeeping. We've been well, busy. On. Yeah, we, we have. We have been <laughs> busy, and that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. let's get on to spoilers. <sighs> All right. Here we are. <laughs> Spoiler territory for Halt and Catch Fire Season 1. Oh. Alyssa, you have been yearning to yeah. <laughs> t- t- talk about this 
show. What is the I, first thing that you want to <laughs> talk about that you've just been dying? You're like, Kyle, we need to talk about this. I I want to talk about that comment you made about how everybody is selfish over the computer. Because I don't sure. know if it's necessarily true. Because when we get into this dynamic where the three major prongs of the computer are Joe, the salesman, Gordon, the hardware engineer, and Cameron, the software engineer, uh, Joe and Gordon both have something to prove. They both have these yeah. past failures. Joe's career at IBM completely blew up. His We find out his dad was an executive at the company. He left on very bad terms with the company and with his father. So he's trying to like make a new name for himself. Mm -hmm. Gordon tried to build his own computer. It, 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 we've described him as an artistic genius. <laughs> he thought he was a prodigy. He was yeah. <laughs> going to make the next big thing. And it completely blew up in his face. And this is his chance for redemption. Cameron doesn't have that same sort of baggage to her. And she comes to the computer with these very altruistic wishes for what it can do for people and for the world mm -hmm. of computers as a whole. She's all about pushing the technology forward for the sake of it and for the sake of the people. She doesn't have any personal vendetta attached to what she's doing. So she right, keeps yeah. pushing for her idea to have this uh, this OIS system that talks to you like, hello, what is your name? Good, what would you like to do? Point, yeah. Can I help you? And, you know, she's so excited about the Internet and like connecting people together. She wants that not for herself, just because she thinks this is the best thing for people. This is the most good thing we could do with the computer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it, she, she's an interesting character, but she it, it, it is, I think, selfish in the sense that she likes those ideas and she wants that like she yes, is yeah. is is like hey no we can't have it be this like she she still wants ownership of like hey i was the one that thought of this yeah, thing yeah. To, to have it be this personalized experience or yeah she's very like stubborn once she comes up with an idea but she's generally yeah. thinking about the wider world more than herself yeah, she like I I I I guess the better way to put it for her for her specifically is she's selfish in the way that she wants it to not be about her. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, she wants the best thing for everybody. She doesn't want to make just like another boring beige box that runs MS DOS. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I I I like the characters a lot. I I I think they're all interesting in one way or another whether that's because they don't seem to fit or they mm. are the like underdog character you want to yeah root for. uh like i'm i'm blanking on his name uh scoots scoots mcnary's oh, uh, gordon character. yeah he's like I mean, he, he just he he was the most like bland looking character <laughs> when he first yeah. started. He's just this complete pushover that ju just like is just there. He's just mm. taking up space he and the weirdest energy about him. Like he's he really so intense. He's like artistically so intense. He has such absolute conviction in what it is that he's done. Like he's like, they should have given me another chance to sell the symphonic. The symphonic was a genius idea right. that could have been yeah. the next big PC. And now, but he's kind of consigned himself to, 
well, here I am just pushing paper around here at Cardiff Electric. And then Joe comes along like, do you want to build a new IBM? And then that completely sets him off again. He's obsessed with his work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, like it's it's J- Joe's whole thing of 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 like saying the right mm. w- w- words to get him kind of re-inspired. Right. Because mm. like they he's he's trying to in a way manipulate him to doing what he wants. He's like, look, yeah. you had this brilliant idea for a computer. And at the t- time, yeah, it was beyond anything else that anyone has seen and so i know i know you have that spark inside you right Mm -hmm. and if we can just get that back that's what we need to make this next pc that will you know match us to to ibm if not surpass them and he's yeah he's like manipulating gordon into becoming that person uh, and then oddly, like, kind of being put off when he starts to have those sparks. <laughs> right? Like, oh, no, he's like, fighting oh. back. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, no, he's starting to uh, take notes on what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. What do I do? Yeah, um, and like he yeah, tries to play the game. It's an and it, interesting show. It, it doesn't work. Like, Gordon is the source of all of the tension in the show for me. Kind of, yeah. He is a family. We spend a lot of time. His wife is one of the major characters. I love his wife. We'll get to her in a bit. Uh-huh. But like he has a wife. You know, he has these kids. He has a house. He has so many attachments. And he's loving to his family. He is absolutely devoted to them. But he's just as devoted to his work. And he can get so manic about the work that it completely takes over his life. And like in his heart, you know, he still loves his family, but he's like not actively thinking about them at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you he, know, he would be in the garage on the computer for uh, 12 hours straight if nobody stopped him. He, he's the kind of person that is like, hey, I will bury myself in my work, not only because I like it, but mm. because he thinks it's the right thing to do for his family. Yes. He says, yeah. hey, if I can do this, if I can push through, I'll get that raise or i'll get the yeah. promotion we'll have enough money we'll do this i can you know make a good life for my wife and my kids and all of that stuff and in the meantime because he's doing all of that he's never home like mm. he, he's an alcoholic at at certain t- times like yeah. he just he's ruining things and he just doesn't see it exactly uh, that gordon is such a worrisome character like i <laughs> there's the episode where his wife where Donna goes on the business trip. She works at Texas Instruments. She's also like a, a hardware engineer of some kind. And she goes off on this business trip and it, it's him and his daughters for the night. Their, their kids are like, I don't know, five and eight or something like that. And she's left like a lasagna. Like, Gordon, all you have to do is reheat the lasagna. I wrote down the directions. And, and he comes home. for like two days with that right. little lasagna. <laughs> yeah, and like Joe had been... Uh, overriding his opinion in a business meeting that day. So he comes home in a bad mood and he's like, you know what? We're not eating the lasagna. I'm making dinner. And I'm like, Gordon, no. Like, I'm so worried. Like, he's going to burn down the house. He's going to poison the kids. I don't and trust him to do the most basic thing. It's not j- 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 just that he's like, hey, we're not going to have this lasagna. He throws it out. 
Yeah, he puts trash. it in the garbage. It's a like, cold lasagna. It's, it's not even that 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 he's just like you know what? Let's leave this there for tomorrow. He's just like mm. let's just get rid of it and and make our our own thing. And it's just it's like what are you doing, Gordon? Like stop! No, don't don't this do this. Wild thing. He's like slowly falling apart while he's parenting his children, and the kids don't notice. What would they notice? How would they? Because they're just having fun. Yeah, there's like, oh boy, dad's home for once. We're just excited to spend time with dad. And so he throws out the lasagna and he sets this big stew pot on the counter and he's making this stew recipe and he's telling the girls that he had like a great grandmother, a great aunt or somebody who like went to Alaska for the gold rush to like make a fortune. Like this is something that the Clark family has always had. And now like this was her recipe and this fed her through the tough winters. And he's like, it might not taste that great than what you're using used to but it's a hearty food are you tough enough to stand up to the stew and the girl's like i'm tough i'm tough and he's like yeah. we're all tough <laughs> which is making... which is uh, it, it's adorable right but it's, it's so also it's, it's also just it's... like oh no gordon what are you doing right, <laughs> like... right. and then that episode ends with he takes a, basically his own grave in the backyard <laughs> you can't leave gordon alone <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, it's not actually his grave, but yeah, it's 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 almost a metaphor. Yeah, like for he it, wants his, to name own. he wants to name the computer the giant. Joe is another idea, but Gordon's so fixated on naming the computer the giant, and like he tells the girls his bedtime story about like uh, you know he planted a there was a farmer once and he planted a seed and it was going to grow into a giant and the you know, but the king said there never was a giant that's not a giant out there like he basically tries to make his business dealings into a fairy tale and the girls are like okay dad and then like later he goes and like he hears a noise and he goes in the backyard and the girls are out there digging they're like we're looking for the giant dad and instead of being like girls who told you to get out of bed it's the middle of the night don't stop digging he's like right yeah Yeah. let's find the giant He's out there digging, and then when his wife gets home, she finds him. He's in the middle of seriously like a six foot deep hole in the yeah. backyard. He's like, I'm looking for a giant, Donna. And he cut his hand open trying to fix the sink. So he has this bandage on she, his hand. Well, she gets home, and the kitchen is a mess. There's furniture right. that's overturned, there's, there's magazines on, on the, the floor. floor. The the kids are asleep on the floor like not even in their own bed and they're covered in dirt and stuff and she's like she panics like like an intruder like my kids are dead like what is going on and she's just like oh they're asleep where's your dad like what's going yeah it's just this is one of the moments of insanity that this show brushes up against and we'll get back to those i'm sure i'm sure but let's talk about his wife uh because she's also a wonderful character she's great i love that she is in the same field like they are peers like they uh, you know their work's taken them in different avenues but like they worked on that computer together you know Mm -hmm. they've always been partners in in what they've been doing and so that's you know like she's not just there like gordon why don't you come home gordon why don't you take care of the kids like why are you so obsessed with your work gordon like she sees it she knows it she's been there before which puts her in a place of i know what this means to him and i know what he can do like she really does believe in his abilities 
it, to make this amazing computer that's going to change the market. But she's also like, that almost tore us apart, like emotionally and financially yeah. <laughs> trying to build that computer. And she's like, I don't know if I can risk that again. And she tells him, I think at the end of the first or second episode, I'll let you do this. Partner with Joe, make this computer partner with this family too. Like don't mm -hmm. lose sight of us. And he's just always teetering on that knife's edge throughout the entire season. Yeah, she is the flip side of the coin, where, as we mentioned, like he doesn't really see the forest mm. for the tr trees. She does. Right. She she knows how to be like, oh, oh, oh OK, like I, I have these skills. I have a job in that field might not be the job that I want. Right. She ended up seeming more like a secretary assistant kind of thing than like yeah, you're she's an actual like a, a engineer. Yeah, she's uh, like a quality assurance checker or something like that. She does something technological, right. but it's, it's not in like a very high-ranking position. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's it's not what maybe she would want to be doing mm. long term. But she realizes, yeah. hey, I'm doing this and making these choices, and I'm okay with it because it's supporting my family, yes. and you know, it's all that stuff, which is just the exact <laughs> opposite of of Gordon. Um, so they're, they're, they're an interesting mix together, but she is also, she, she's also kind of starting to like, it, it's this weird thing of Joe McMillan is such a powerful character that it's rubbing yeah. off on Gordon. And then that in turn is then rubbing off on her. Right. <laughs> and so she's starting to get these things of like, huh. Maybe if I stick up for myself a little bit more, like I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get a little bit more of what I want. Mm -hmm. um, and once she starts doing that, that also starts driving their marriage farther apart. Uh, and she's starting to not realize it. Uh, mm -hmm. or at, at, at least she's at, at least good at hiding it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And from episode one, I don't know. If this is just something television dramas in general have taught me, but the second it's like, here's Gordon and here's his wife. His wife will be a major dramatic player in the series. And like one, of, there's going to be adultery somewhere. Adultery is yeah. going to come up. Like this feels <laughs> inevitable. And like, I don't know who's going to do it or with who or when, but I know this is on the table at some point in the series. Yeah. And what happens is that she ha her boss at Texas Instruments is like a, an old high school friend of hers. Seems like maybe that was the guy her parents wanted her to end up with. Like, they're like, we love Gordon because you love Gordon, honey. Like, they're not actually a yeah. fan of him. Yeah. And so she's spending all this time with this guy who she does kind of have a, a chemistry with. And they go on this business trip together. And he comes to her hotel room in the middle of the night. And she's like this is it. This must be what it's for. And like, she kisses him and he backs away. Like, well, they just sent a fax for you to, to my room for a mistake here. I just came to give you this fax. Like, I'm sorry. Like I understand. Well, he's, I, I didn't mean to send you any signals. He's, he's also, I, I want to use the word flirting with her, but it's not really, he's, he's more so encouraging her. Yeah. Her. Where, where yeah. he is like, hey, you're you're great. You're smart. Like you you, you should stand up for yourself mm -hmm. more. And because they are 
kind of business partners, right? Yeah. They, they do have a closeness in their relationship. Uh, and she is reading that as, well, he's younger. He's flirting with me. My mm. marriage at home isn't working out. So yeah, yeah. maybe, right? You know, uh, and then <laughs> he's was... just like, whoa, like I look, I, I may have had those feelings too, but this is business. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm it was not going to really... act on that. It was really refreshing to me to see that it's the woman kissing this guy and the guy's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is not what I want at all. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, that, that was, got it wrong. And like you think you think he's still harboring some sort of feelings for her when she finds him outside of her house. And then it turns out he's been secret business partners with their neighbor and they're stealing all the computer ideas, which I didn't see coming at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, man, it, like it's one of those things because I thought so their next door neighbor also mm-hmm. originally works for Cardiff Electric yeah. and 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 works with Gordon mm. and they kind of butt heads on like how it should work and what they do. And eventually Gordon it's up the nerve to just be like, you know what? You're fired. You're holding yeah. us back to to you know do all of this stuff, and uh, it it drives the guy insane. Like this is <laughs> another one of those like insane moments because yeah, there's there's he's... a scene. It's it's like that next week, right, where he's like pulling out of his driveway and he just sees the guy out in his lawn in his bathrobe yeah, yeah but in this weird pose yeah, very like aggressive. he's about to do something yeah he's like i'm a, let's let's wrestle you, you know you know and instead he's just like he looks like have a nice day at work gordon <laughs> oh boy working hard hardly working God. i bet like he plays it off like just this goofy sitcom it's, neighbor it's wild. And it's just like, what is this guy doing? He's turned into a crazy person. Uh, and <laughs> There's so much collateral damage in this show from every decision. But then we see him like a, a, a however long later and he's breaking into their house with I a shotgun scene. about to shoot scene. them. Right. So, so it's they Cameron. Aren't there, but Cameron breaks into the house because... Uh, we find out later that Joe rigged up this whole thing where it looks like Cameron didn't back up her files correctly and like now all their software stuff is gone and they're freaking out. They don't have time for a setback this big. So Gordon calls Donna. Because another thing I really appreciate uh, appreciate about the relationship is that he does value her technical expertise. There's a lot of points where he says, Donna's the only person who can do this. We need Donna on the team. So she shows up. She's to bring the kids with her. They're at Cardiff Electric all night. The kids are sleeping on like those shipping blankets that you lay down so you can like slide a crate (laughs) across the floor. They're like sleeping in the warehouse. And like she's made some slight against Cameron and Cameron decides to take the Donna's keys out of her purse, take her car, and then she's sneaking into the Clark household to just like vandalize it. Like she just has a can of yeah. spray paint. Like she's going to spray just, paint just something rude on a painting. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then when she gets in there, the neighbor's there with a shotgun and he's like, oh, you're mad at Gordon, too. <laughs> well, go ahead. Trash the place. I'm not going to stop you. And Cameron's just 
terrified. <laughs> like she yeah. has no idea what to do. You can tell she regrets all of this. And like, What's... we don't know how that scene ends. We just know yeah. that she doesn't spray paint the house because we don't that's see the, the spray paint later. That's that's a thing that is interesting to me about that scene is we don't see how it resolves. Yeah. We don't see what Cameron and their drunk shotgun neighbor <laughs> says or does. Do they get in a fight? Do they just mm-hmm. like awkwardly Homer Simpson <laughs> out of the thing and like back into the b- 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 bushes? Like it, it just next we see them. Cameron is back at the office returning the keys as if nothing happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's just one of those things of like, what? How, I I want to know what happened. What? Yes. Why don't I get to know what happened? <laughs> I like that the show has such a down to earth, realistic plot. You know, it's about like business. It's about marriages, things like that. But within that, it makes very weird choices. Like within that it really framework. Does. It really it's like does. what is the oddest thing that can happen now after this still within the framework of down to earth drama yeah um, <laughs> like i love the episode where there's a hurricane blowing into town and they live in dallas so they're not yeah. which is like in the towards the center of the state so they're not directly in its path but they're getting like a very bad thunderstorm with a lot of wind And uh, Gordon has invited Joe over to the house for dinner that night, trying to like patch things up with him and also encourage him to be like, I need this thing for the computer. I forget what it is. Uh, But also, I think it's like maybe one of the girl's birthdays soon or something. They just keep Uh, talking about the hottest new toy, you know, the cabbage patch. (laughs) And Gordon, who does love his family, wants to show up for his family, even if he's not good at it. He's like, I'll go to the store. I'll get the Cabbage Patch Kid doll. And it, like he tried, <laughs> there's a it's, scene at the office where he like it's him and Turbo Man. Right, it's him and uh, the office's administrative assistant Debbie, who is a very small role, but I, I like her a lot. Like they're calling yeah. every toy store in town. Like, do you have a Cabbage Patch Kid doll? Because he doesn't know what this is. He doesn't know how rare it is. But he's do you told have a Turbo Donna, Man doll. He's told Donna, I'm going to get this doll. So that's what he's out doing. He's not there when Joe shows up for dinner. And so there's this massive storm raging outside. Joe gets stuck at the house longer than he thought. Gordon's not there. So he has to figure out how to talk to Donna and the girls. And the girls are freaked out by the storm. So Joe, who's this natural salesman, he picks up just two flashlights. And he's like, these are storm zappers. If you wave them towards the sky, it'll make the storm go away. Then the girls, they're so excited. They play around with it. And they're like, the the storm is still here. Is it not working? And he's like, you know what? I think maybe I have to take this outside. I think I have to point it directly at the clouds to get it to work. So there's a scene where Lee Pace goes walking out into this terrible storm with a flashlight in each hand. It just waves his arm around very he dramatically. Starts, he starts fighting like they're lightsabers and he's right. like slashing this this sword. And, stuff. and it's like that that part of the, the, the scene, because in this whole thing, there's like uh, mm-hmm. like an A scene and a 
B scene of what yes. Gordon is doing and what uh, what uh, Joe is doing. Mm. And what Joe is doing is actually this like really sweet moment. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, this makes me really like him. Like he he actually has a softer, sweeter side to Yeah, to, like he's to, to him. Kind of trying to distract the girls, but not just to like get them out of the way. Also, like, oh, I want these girls to have fun. You know, I, I want can I yeah. provide like a nice experience to these girls they they are sweet you know they're, they're not acting like a brat to me the stranger coming into their house you yeah know, like he kind of wants to entertain them for their it's, own it's, sake it's especially since he's there when uh gordon is not yeah. there and it's just yeah. it, it could be this really awkward moment yeah. of just like well thanks for dinner i guess uh <laughs> Yeah, so, so the, he, he's having fun with that. But the opposite side of that yes. coin <sighs> is that Gordon shows up to. Well, he, at, at first he he gets yes. scammed. Uh, yeah, at yeah, this like one he store. shows up to a store that where he's supposed to get the doll. They don't have dolls. There's a sign in the window saying, "No, we don't have any more Cabbage Patch kits." And some guys like, "Oh, I bought this doll, and it's not the one my kid wanted. They won't let me return it." And Gordon's like, "I'll pay you for it." And the guy's holding like a pre-wrapped gift package. Yeah. Once this I is, saw that, I was like, immediately you know, like, like, nope. you're like, Gordon, uh-uh. no. <laughs> Just the catchphrase of any audience member watching the show. And like, he gives the guy like eighty bucks or something for it. And he gets to his car and he opens it up, and it's just a brick in a box. Yeah. And then later, he he drives to this other store. And like there's Cabbage Patch dolls in the window, but it's already like all closed up for the night. And this is the time when you're like, Gordon, Gordon, do it. Like sometimes you're really rooting for Gordon. Like you have what you need. You can do it. And he throws the brick in the window and steals the Cabbage Patch kids. What? Yes. That's not the weird thing. The weird thing is that while he's doing that, there's this gigantic lightning strike just around the corner. He is like, that was like really close. Let me go investigate. And he is there in the pouring rain with these two cabbage patch dolls underneath his arm. And he walks up and he sees this power line has fallen down. And there's a live wire that is like in this like rainwater puddle that has electric this person who is now dead just lying yeah. in the middle of this of the street and he's just standing there like huh okay <laughs> and then just turns and walks away and it's just like this soaking wet cabbage on? patch dolls right like we don't know there's no fallout from that like you don't hear in the background of the next episode a news report saying you know yeah. man dies year- from blah 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 yeah <laughs> we don't know who that was but yeah it's this very striking like dead body in the middle of the road their eyes are open they're staring right at gordon and the next episode is the one where he goes digging for the giant and he's been plagued we see him having a nightmare where he walks up and that electrocuted body is him which is very poignant being the software engineer the guy working with all the metal and all the wires yeah like you can tell that he has deep within him some sort of a fear of this work could eat me alive yeah yeah, it, like it, he has a thing haunting him in the back of of his yeah. mind of like this could be the death of me if if mm. I don't slow down and think of my family first or or mm. f- find some way to incorporate my family 
yeah. more so we're all in it together. But yeah, so there's that. There's one more weird moment that I want to mm. talk about. Yeah. That I I I happened. I don't understand it because it happened at the end of the show. Okay. Um and so I'm I'm hoping in season 2 we find out more like this is one of the cliffhanger moments, right? So this whole season, they've been working on this PC, uh, J -J 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 Joe McMillan, who I'm sure we'll talk about more yes. in J -J just a sec. Um, he He's kind of been coercing, manipulating his way to mm -hmm. developing this PC. They've finally done it. They've made it. They've... Uh, gotten it out to the manufacturers and they it's the night of the like hey tomorrow the first shipments go out here is the first truck let's celebrate its maiden voyage there's a scene where later that night joe burns that car with yeah. all of the pcs inside what the hell is going on <laughs> it is I we have no answers. And I'm just like, I, what? So this is, this makes sense with Joe's character. We have seen throughout the series that Joe is a very sure, yeah. destructive person. He's not violent. Like he never, he gets in a scuffle with Gordon in the second episode. That's just like a messy, slappy, like wrestling yeah. hold adult he's, man fight. He's, he's self-destructive and manipulative, but in a way, in a, in a strategic way of like, yeah. hey, I'm going to do these things behind the scenes that are slimy and, you know, potentially bad yeah. or hurtful. And I'm going to use that for our advantage. Yeah. Somehow. And like, so, yeah, but he's not a violent person. Like, I never feel like he's going to hit anybody, but he's very destructive to property. The first right. shot of the show is uh, it's like an armadillo crossing this Texas road. And then Joe drives up in his Porsche and hits it by mistake. And he steps yeah. out of his car and looks at it just like, huh. And then he's back in the car and like continues <laughs> driving to his business meeting. And like yeah. the first episode, we, we see him in this beautiful like 80s apartment with all this modern furniture and these glass bricks. And he's got a baseball bat and he's just hitting balls into his own walls and windows. You yeah. know, we see him trash so many things like we can tell like this is this man's outlet. This is his problem. Like when he's frustrated with something, he just physically breaks something. And so that makes sense that he's extremely frustrated that like he's built this computer but he's terrified it isn't going to stand up to apple uh and i lost cameron over this like he falls for cameron over the course of the season mm -hmm. and so to work out his frustrations yeah he gets in that truck he drives it to i don't know some rural countryside area he gets out of the truck he takes Little off nowhere, his suit yeah. jacket throws the jacket into the back of the truck yeah, and then lights I the entire truck on fire and then I guess he walks home like <laughs> like him setting the truck of I computers just... on fire. I get but him burning a very nice suit jacket and then walking home is the well, wildest part so of it to me. The thing is, yes, I can understand it at, at, from your perspective of like, yes, he is a destructive character. Yes. So there's probably a reason that he's doing yeah. this yeah. thing. And I, I have faith that season two will be bring that around mm. and be like okay here's what he was up to 
Mm-hmm. But at this moment in time, we just have no answers. We just see him burning this thing or like no hint of of like, hmm, I need to get us back in the news cycle. So I need to do something drastic of like, right. uh, you, you know, shipments of this new PC have been mysteriously burning and disappearing and stuff <laughs> like that, burning. which makes it the hottest new product. It seems like IBM is destroying these things, right? <laughs> like there's 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 nothing like that yet. Yeah, yeah you've so got a point. This, what? Yeah, what is going Joe on? Is, Joe is very destructive uh, as this weird form of working out his frustrations. But also we see times when he destroys things for a point. Like he's the one who kind of uh, uh, he sabotages Cameron's computer and acts like it was Cameron just being careless and like not backing up her files correctly. And he does this as a PR stunt because he like there's a a magazine reporter who's there in the office that day and he wanted to give them the story of falling and then picking themselves back up again so that they would get out in the news as these like scrappy underdogs. Yeah, he's he's such an interesting character because I I, I think one of the other weird moments is one of the only times where Joe does get into a physical altercation and it's with Gordon. Yeah, Um, it's it's him and Gordon and Cameron is standing right there and they get into this argue this argument and Joe and Gordon get into a fist fight with which ends with Gordon grabbing on to Joe's shirt as he like punches slash pushes him away. Yeah. Which then rips his shirt wide open <laughs> and, and he has all of these scars like on his body. Yes. Like it, it looks like he's like, he's been in some like gigantic sword fight. Right. And he yeah. just has the, like he just these, these, these scars and, and it's, it's one of those weirder moments where it's just like, wait, What? Yeah. What, like, what, what is going on? And like, they're very serious scars. Like it looked like he got attacked by a bear or something. It's not like, oh, yeah. this is a man who's been cutting himself. It's like, this is an injury. How did this happen to you? Like, it's yeah. a very mysterious set of scars. And throughout and the show, uh, no, he pulls a joker. He's like, you want to know how <laughs> I got these scars? And the story yeah. ch- changes every single time, right? I love that in that second episode, this is like the end of the second episode. This is when this show like really sold me on, I need to watch all of this. <laughs> shirt turn, torn open. He's covered in all these weird scars. And ever the salesman, he instantly says, I was nine years old. (laughs) He he starts weaving this tale. He tells a story about how like there were these bullies that he grew up with that were super into sports and they didn't like that. He was such a science nerd. And he's like, I didn't care about the Mets. I cared about Sputnik. The boys didn't know that they were going to chase me off the roof, that there was a pile of broken glass down there. I was in the hospital for years. He tells this dramatic, inspirational story. Yeah. And then later, like he's in him and Cameron have been sleeping together and they're in bed together. And she's like, no, really, what's the deal with these? And he's well, like, so bef- bef- before she asks him a second yeah. time, yes, she ca- yes. ca- calls him out because she's oddly like a closeted sports fan or, or like she she knows enough from her. Yeah, her, like her, her dad father. was into it. Yeah. yeah. And so she knows like, hey, you said you were interested in Sputnik. Well, Sputnik was this year, but the Super Bowl you were talking about that happened in this story was two years prior. 
So, so that was a fake story. Like you <laughs> just made that shit up. And he and, just says like, hmm. Yep. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Just goes back to it. what he was doing. And so, yeah, then she she eventually asks him again. And it's like, what is the deal? And again, just without skipping a beat is like, well, I was this. Yeah, like we lived here. This happened. And this guy was like, blah, 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 blah. And he just makes this story. And she's just like, I visited a farm. I I fell into a thresher. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, you're so full of shit. And he's like, all right, fine. You know, and then, then he starts to like get a little bit more emotional and he starts being like. He says something else and she goes again. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's the first time she shows him the working OS that she's designed. This OS that has a personality that talks to you. Yeah. And like he sees it work for the first time. And that's when he tells her the story about how growing up, he had this mom who was this uh, sort of this wild child, free spirit, very artsy spiritual mm-hmm. woman who also had a, a drug problem. And he said that she would take him up to the roof of their house. Uh, it sounds like maybe they had a mansion, you know, his, his parents seem pretty well off. So he's probably on like a third story yeah, well, his roof. A very high. Father roof. also works for IBM. So they so were she, in computers and electronics and stuff. Yeah. So. so his mom would take him up on the roof and they'd look at the stars together and she'd teach him all about the stars And then one day she was high and she just let go of his hand and he fell off the roof. He's like, I fell three stories onto a fence and I was in the hospital for two years. And that's, and that's the story. Initially you, you don't know if that's true or if it's just true enough for Cameron to believe that that's the true one. But later when he's talking to his dad, no, yes, that was it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, like that moment when you see the scars for the first t- t- time, I think, is maybe one of the weirder moments. I think it's the first one that 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 we see. But mm. um, yeah, like it, it it's it's just this interesting introduction to who Joe is and yeah. his character and how much of a salesman he is. Um, I I don't know about you. I. I don't like his relationship with Cameron. How do you feel about them? I didn't really like it at first because I was suspicious of him. Like, I think you're still suspicious of. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's like it's a consensual relationship, but you kind of worry that he's like using this in the long term to get something out of her. But it's the episode. He is. Yeah, but that's like his Build this computer. (laughs) Make me rich. Right? I think it's the episode where they're like both working late in the office. They're working on something together. And he like turns on some machine that like sends an electric jolt through his body. And he like reaches out and like holds her hand. (laughs) And it's this erotic electrocution scene. Which I was not expecting to see in this. And like that and like some other scene where they're working together in that episode, they have these moments where it's like they are each other's best friends in their situation right now. Like they do have some sort of a rapport, some sort of a chemistry. She's the only one that can see through his bullshit immediately. And he does sincerely believe in her. He might make other choices 
you know, better business choices in his mind. But like he does respect and believe in her ideas. There's a reason why when they get into this legal trouble with IBM about trying to copy the PC, they're like, we need to bring in an outside engineer. Like we need somebody clean and new with no conflict of interest to work on this. He's like, I know exactly the person. Even after just talking to her for like 15 minutes. Well, he planned it. Yeah. 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 But he's he believes in her very sincerely. And that is coupled with these underhanded business dealings. But there's something there. And I don't know if that's going to blossom into anything later. But I don't believe that it is strictly about uh, sex and business espionage. Like there is something emotional to what they have. they, they they do have an interesting connection and they do have moments where it, it really seems true. I, I, I think for me, the weird thing is how manipulative he is mixed with the age gap. Mm-hmm. Like, like we don't know exactly. I think he said he's like mid 30s. He's like 36, I think, is what he said when he was yeah. at uh Gordon's house when he wasn't there because the, his sense. daughters are like, "How old are you?" Yeah, uh, and he he seems a little older than thirty six in my mind, but sure. Uh, Who knows? But still, he's thirty six, and Cameron is a college dropout. Yeah, I think she, she was yeah, only there for maybe two years at most, so I she's like she, twenty. I thought she was like twenty two. I think she's like. Uh, the farther along well, in uh, that. She, she can drink, so yeah, maybe 22-ish. But still, like, that's a pretty significant age gap, mm, which mm-hmm. is fine. They're both yeah. of legal age, but she's also, uh, like, it's 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 one of those really iffy things mm, of, mm. Of, 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 like, well, is she actually mature enough to be, like, doing this stuff? We don't know. Uh, she's this, like, punk kid that stands out but she's goddamn smart at what she does like uh, yeah so like uh, she's she's old enough to make her own choices and stuff like that but it's still just like i know he's manipulating you i know there's things about this we haven't learned yet like uh, there's there's just uh, mm, i don't know if i I, like it yet i i I trust the cameron if i'm supposed to yeah i don't know uh exactly how the narrative feels about this relationship either <laughs> if this is some long if like this is the big romance of the series if they're going to end up together or if they are just like a passing experience in each other's lives i don't know but i can tell the cameron i trust her to take care of herself she's very smart she's excellent at just coming right out and asking what she wants to know. Like she doesn't walk around things. Like there's an episode where uh, they meet with this, um, uh, this technical designer. Like this is the guy who's going to design the body of the computer. Like cosmetically. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Actual angel DB Woodside is here. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's the guy who's going to design cosmetically like the, the case of the computer, what it's going to look like. And she watches Joe and this man of this like very intense conversation with each other. And then that guy leaves and she's like, did you sleep with him? She's like, I don't mind if you slept with him. I just wonder if that's what's going on. And Joe's like, yeah, we we had an affair. We traveled across Europe. (laughs) 
<laughs> just being romantic for a month, and then he told me he loved Tra- me, and I panicked and left. Across Europe might not be the v- verb I would use, but M- sure, many yeah. verbs may be involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she just asks things, and at the end of that episode, where like she's learned about Joe's background with this guy, and she sees him have this like kind of emotional goodbye with him because the man tells him like, "I'm sick." Uh, I didn't really want to tell you this, but I wanted to like see you one last time. And like, you know, Joe's like, I'm no, I did want to see you one last time. And they like hold hands for a second and then they leave. And, and like, he gets into this cab where Cameron is waiting and Cameron looks at him and she's very emotional and says flat out, are you going to get bored with me too? And he looks at her and says, sincerely, I don't know. And he, but he just sort yeah. of puts his arm around her and they, drive off in the back of that cab like she and when she's fed up with him she leaves she may come back but she knows when to leave like she knows when to exit the situation and when to cut ties with things like i think cameron's Mm -hmm. got uh this high level of like a social intelligence like she can read people very well too and she knows when to get out of a situation and watch out for herself yeah yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, one thing I was not expecting was what you just mentioned and that Joe is bisexual. Yeah. Um, and it's it's something they don't call out by name. And at first at, at, at first, because we see there's one moment where they're tr- trying to get funding and they have to go I ask this, this specific person. I love this scene. It was such an interesting scene, uh, but he, they they go to ask this person for funding and Joe just really isn't vibing with her at all. He's like, yeah. we don't need her like she's she's going to be bad for the company. Mm. She's g- going to eventually run us into the ground because she wants this, like the majority of this stuff. And it, it's, yeah. she, she's this like big Texas, like Southern lady, mm. real rich, gets whatever she wants. Yeah. But she has, I, 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 think, I think that's her son, right? Or like, no, her, I think her it's her. I thought that was her husband, and I thought maybe it was. It, it, she has like I, a I younger know. trophy husband, and then she's like, "Honey, go, you know, we need to drink while we make this deal. Go, go into the other room and get us a bottle of cognac, would you?" And he goes in there, and then Joe follows him, and he shuts the door. And I thought, are they gonna kiss? Oh, they're no, they're having sex. They're fully having sex yep. in the middle of the scene. Like, wow, we are we are off to the races. Yeah, and then they and, come and, back and it's Joe just like staring at this woman like, you know what I just did. Like, it's like calling yeah. her out that th- you married a man who is not interested in you. Like, I'm calling your bluff. I know that your marriage is a sham. Yeah, it's that. But like, like also how that relates to her business practices, like you don't care about us like this company like you you really don't give a shit uh mm. but it, it is also this like threat of, yeah of, of like you think you take what you want i just took what i would yeah wanted. i just had sex like, with your husband <laughs> right yeah and and she is pissed yeah she is so mad but like i like when you first see that scene to me i read that more as like Okay, he's making sacrifices for the business. He did something mm. that he didn't really want to do, which sure, I, I guess you could still argue, argue that maybe he didn't really want to do that per mm. se. 
but then yeah this whole thing uh with the the guy who they're like we need someone to design this thing to make it yeah. look amazing and you, you learn yeah that they had this romance mm-hmm. uh, all a- across europe and it went bad mm-hmm. um and we find out it was because joe just got bored and moved on and you know, just couldn't handle um Simon is his name. He couldn't handle Simon right, saying yeah. he loved him. <laughs> like he, he freaked out. He wanted to end it right there. Yeah. So I, I that was an interesting choice, um, which I at, at, at first was surprised by, but then was like, OK, it's set in the 80s. You also know there was the AIDS mm-hmm. epidemic in the 80s like that. that sure. That makes sense. That, yeah. You know, that's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I, yeah, like I, 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 I think that's an int- an interesting part to the show that yeah, really isn't necessarily all that. I mean, like right, like his his sexual preferences are not imp- important. No, but it's an interesting detail. Yeah. that I think fits. Yeah, with, I think it enriches with, with, with that character a lot. Yeah, and there's. Uh, we haven't talked about Boz yet. Uh, John Bosworth, well, yeah. who is the the boss of Car- Cardiff Electric. We spent well, an entire hour ta- like mainly ta- talking about the characters. Right. <laughs> this is such so a character rich show, which I love that mm-hmm. for as you know, the plots uh, very clear. You know, we are trying to build good computer fight IBM. Yeah. So like they've yeah. got room to really dig into these characters and give them these very interesting dynamics. John Bosworth is the, the, the boss of Cardiff electric and to see his relationships with all these people, like he's constantly butting heads with Nathan Cardiff. Who's like, you know, the guy who owns the company, it's his family's company, but he's not really active in management. He just sort of lives on a ranch somewhere and comes in to like a board meeting once a month or something like that. Boz is on the ground and he's not the techie. He's not an engineer, but like he kind of knows what he's talking about. Like he knows how to work with computers seemingly more than Cardiff does. And he's so upset when Joe shows up with the scheme of now we have to build an IBM style PC or we'll get sued. Like all of this crazy legal stuff that's all in episode two. Like he's so pissed about this. But and you really don't know what to think, like what to think about him. Like what his role is going to be if he is just going to be this boss who yells every couple episodes. But you get to learn a little bit more about him, like you see him going to sleep in his office and you don't know if he's just like, he stayed there working late. You know, he's really trying to make sure like the company survives this crazy ordeal. And later you, you see him signing divorce papers. Like his, he's got a wife who's divorcing him. That's why he's sleeping in the office. You know, Mm -hmm. he seems like such a bad guy because we meet him in such angry circumstances. But then you see, he really does play well with the majority of the staff at the company. Like I love the night when all the software engineers are staying there late playing adventure. And then car and then Bosworth comes out for his office. Like guys, get in here. Everybody get in here. I need you to look at this. And he points at his computer where he's playing adventure. And he's like, how do I get out of this cave? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And like when they build the first, like they've got the first prototype model of the giant 
And Joe's like, well, here we are. And it's the big moment. And then somebody's like, Boz should turn it on. And everyone's like, yeah, Boz, Boz do it. Like everybody's clapping for him. And he's like, okay. And he goes up there and he's the first person to turn the computer yeah. on. And him he's, he is, is the like the character or one of the characters because there's a couple like like smaller minor <laughs> characters that are the ones that like oh they're so endearing and sweet I love them yeah. like he is the one that I think is like you said we meet him when he's very angry but he very quickly is like oh he's kind of the like he he knows computers to an extent but he's nowhere yeah. near the cutting edge no. like. He he doesn't know anything. He's like two or three steps behind. But so he, he believes in the cutting edge. He believes that he has a team that can get there. Yeah. And then he has he really has this moment where he is basically defending Cameron without really saying it. Or mm. with, you know, but she like she recognizes what he is saying that like she needs to stand up for herself and all, all of this stuff. And that's another one of those just really in during sweet moments right before he gets whisked away by the FBI, right? Um, which is such a, like, it's such a wild plot. God. Um, yeah, like, the, man, first off, like I want to mention that Cameron, so much drama. she was going to, like, University of Austin, and then Joe wants to hire her for this job, so she, like, gets on a bus, comes to Cardiff Electric. She does not live, she doesn't have a house, she doesn't have an apartment. She lives at the office for a while, until they hire more software engineers. And then she like lives in a house with some of them. So yeah. like she's there late at the office and like Boz kind of calls her out on this. Like, you know, you're welcome to work as late as you need to work, but you can't live here. He says, and then he goes to sleep on the sleep couch. On his presumably couch, his yeah. wife kicked him out of the house. <laughs> and like, he's constantly butting heads with Joe and, like, there's an episode where Nathan Cardiff is like, you need to sh teach that boy a lesson. Like, you need to show him you're in charge. And we see this scene where, like, Joe's driving around in his Porsche and he gets pulled over and these cops just start beating him up. And you don't know what's yeah. happening. You don't know why this is going on. And then you see him, like, at the police station just completely bruised. And then and then Boz walks up and he's, like, laughing and joking, like, hey, how's your son? You know, to all these cops. And he's like okay, I'm here to bail you out. And you see like, oh, he paid off some guys to beat up Joe to teach him a lesson that he's the boss? That's wild. Yeah. That's such an intense way to display that lesson. Good old Texas discipline. But then an episode or two later, uh, the deal's not working out with Simon Church for him to design the case of the computer. So they go to meet with this other guy. He's like, he's always worked with Cardiff Electric. You know, he's nothing special, but he gets the job done. And this other guy insists that they meet in a strip club. So they're trying to have this business meeting in a strip club. And at the end of it, he looks at Joe and he's like, we've seen so many boobs tonight and you've barely looked at any of them. He's like, are you queer? And then Boz just punches that guy without a word. Knocks him he out, says, yeah. He's like, we won't be doing business with you. And then he just turns and he leaves. <laughs> like, and it's yeah. wild to see him go from, I'm going to hire people to beat up Joe to somebody has insulted Joe and I'm going to punch him and completely end business dealings with him. <laughs> like yeah. he's got this fatherly instinct that he does display to his team and it takes him a while to come around to joe but like when it's there 
It is very endearing that he's like, I'm the dad mm. of this office and I'm going to take care of these people. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where I'm indeed. going to engage in cyber crime. We're running out of money. Cardiff won't give us the money, but we'll just hack yeah. into Cardiff's bank account. We need this money. I'm not letting this program just die before it has the chance to get out there. He believes in it that hard that he's like, I will go to jail for you guys to make Wild. this computer. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, the plot has some wild steps, uh, but it, it's still fairly straightforward of them just building that PC. Um, did, did, I, the the one section that we really haven't talked about yet is uh what's the convention that they're it's like oh com- comdex comdex yeah uh so what i appreciated about that which is more so a joke rather than like a big important mm. piece of that is uh when they start talking about the booth babes Yes. And they're like, oh, they booked a porn convention right next door. That's actually a thing. I'll bet. Yeah. So uh, CES ha- traditionally takes place at the same t- time AVN takes place at, which is the adult video awards. Yeah. So like in the same convention center on one side is all the tech nerds and on the other side is all these porn stars and stuff like that and it's just like that like great that they put that joke in there because if you don't know anything about that scene yeah you think like oh that would never happen what a weird joke it's like no that actually happens and i love i love that it's cameron's idea She's like, somebody yeah. give me some cash. I'm going to hire us booth babes. She's the one who decides that's what they need. Well, the, the booth babes are already there, but then to get them t- to yes. their party. Yeah, yeah for them uh, to be yeah. our booth babes, the Cardiff Electric VIPs. Yeah, so, so funny. But yeah, they, they end up going to Vegas uh, to, to sh- show off their new computer. Uh, they have this big wild party. They start impressing everyone. Cameron does this interesting art piece that is the, like, invitation to to their party. Like, come see the giant. And it's this, like, big statue with spray paint and chains. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's interesting. Uh, And, yeah, they they have their, like, wild Vegas party. uh, And then that next day, they get on the show floor and IBM is there bright and early with an exact copy no it, no their... it's the um it's hunt it's the texas instruments guy who donna kissed and the neighbor the shotgun right. neighbor they've been sneaking around in the background the whole time right but they they're now working for ibm is, were they is, working is the for thing. ibm because yeah. i don't remember like seeing a i'm pretty sure that was ibm like i was ibm's version of that I don't think so. It sounded like there was it was their own independent startup. I don't remember there being an IBM sign on the booth somewhere because like Joe goes and talks to, to his dad about yeah. this. Um, it, he goes to talk to his dad and his dad's like, come back to IBM. Like, I get it. You've proved your point. You know, you went off and had this whole experience where you tried to throw it in my face. Ha ha. 
I want you back here. And Joe's like, okay, but I'm in charge of the new portable machines division. I'm going to build the laptop here then. Yeah. See if I can find. Is there like an episodes in that list of episodes? Let me see if it's. And like they call their computer the slingshot uh, to go up against the giant. It's very cutting. Goliath stuff. Yeah. I want to talk about the episode leading up to the Comdex where Donna thinks she's really. She's at the end of her rope in dealing with Gordon and at all these sacrifices Gordon has made to try and get the giant off the ground like you know Mm -hmm. to the to the detriment of his family and she goes into his workshop and she's like looking at the giant seems like for the first time the completed giant playing around with it like oh wow it really does do this amazing thing that he was talking about and she opens a drawer and she finds this ring box and we just see her look at this ring box and we don't know he starts exactly. crying, yeah. Yeah, we don't know exactly what it means. And then it cuts to uh, <laughs> Gordon and Cameron have gotten into Joe's apartment because they're like, Joe, <laughs> we know, drunk. like, co- yeah, they're like, we're, you know, we can't get any money from the company. They think they're going to get money from Joe to go to Comdex independently. And I love the <laughs> the reveal that Joe's like, oh, I have no money. Like, like my Porsche, my suits, the, this, this is like it. I don't chair. have more money than what you see. <laughs> So they end up selling his Porsche to get to Vegas. But it's just Gordon and Cameron alone in Joe's apartment. And Gordon's telling Cameron the story about how when him and Donna were together in college, he really wanted like an Altair computer building kit. Uh, It was this big dream for like Christmas. But he also knew he's like, I love Donna. I want to propose to Donna. And he puts the money aside. He's like, I I want these computer things. I'm not going to get them. I'm putting the money aside for an engagement ring. And the two of them would write uh, these uh, coded letters to each other. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I made her a ring that had our like our code on it. And Cameron's like, you were going to propose to your wife with a decoder ring. He's like, no, it's like like made out of platinum and sapphire. Like he did it upright. He put he put so much into this ring, and then he's going to propose to her and he's looking around the house. Like I can't find the ring. I misplaced the ring. Where the heck is the ring? And then Donna comes in. She's like, I got you your Christmas present. Open it up. And he opens it up and it's the computer kit. And she says, she found the ring. She pawned it to get him the computer kit. And she says, when we've sold our first computer, then you can buy me a ring, which yeah. explains what the scene before it was. That is so much more impact when they flip that around. I'm almost crying talking about it now. I was so emotional. I paused it and legit sobbed for a bit. I was not expecting this to be a show that makes me cry in like episode eight already. But I thought that was very effective that like he he can be so invested in his work. He always comes back to her. Like I really believe in Gordon and Donna. Like their love is very deep and very sincere. Like they, I feel like they are a couple who can weather storms. Like their boat is going to get completely smashed to pieces. They're just going to be floating around on one piece of driftwood, but they'll be there together with each yeah. other. And this is, and like, she's been talking about leaving him or, or at least like going to stay with her parents for a few days, just like getting out of that situation completely. And then he comes back to the house. We see her there with like all these bags packed and she looks up at him and she says, 
I'm going with you to Vegas. Like that brought her back. And then in the la- yeah. <laughs> in the to last me, that episode, that was the moment that like I think that was one of the moments that I like legitimately got super emotional and like fist- yeah pumped because you you think the moment that's coming is she's going to finally ask for a divorce or a separation mm. or something. Yeah, and and we see her uh like. T- t- talk to her mom and is like, hey, can you t- t- take the kids for the weekend? I don't want them to be here when we have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all signs are pointing to she's go- going to have that conversation yeah. of like, hey, our marriage is done or our partnership because they aren't married exactly yet, but they are, but they aren't. No, the- they are. They are married. It's. It seems like he just never... Like she sold the engagement ring, but they, they still ended the up getting in the getting, ring. Yeah. Yeah. They got married. You know, she's got like a plain gold wedding band, but he always wanted to get her this flashy engagement ring right, like he yeah. promised. I and, guess and, like that she promised him like you'll buy me the ring right, once yeah. the computer's sold. But so so like all signs are pointing to to that and then he walks in the door and she's sitting there with her bags p- packed and you're just like ah oh, shit like this is it he's done like right right before comdex is going to ruin them like yeah like and, and then she stands up looks very solemn like she's about to be like i want a divorce but she, she like the thing she says is i'm going with you yeah. And it's just oh. like, yeah, it's like, yes, yeah, yes, good. Yes. Like, I, I like, yeah, that's wonderful because um, they, like, they, then, they, despite all of their problems, like they, I think, are the relationship that I'm rooting for. Like, yes, yes. Like, you are the one that has a family. You have yes. kids like make smart decisions, please. And and the, like it's one of those things. If they do this together, they can do it. But if yes, like, it's only one of them not gonna work Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i love that in that final episode where they're having this big launch party for the giant he takes her aside he he brings out the ring and he (laughs) and he they speak in the code that they used in college and he says so nerdy <laughs> she's I like I darf you very much. Yeah, she's like I darf you very za. I, I I wrote it down. I thought it was so funny. I darf you very gurp, and he absolutely <laughs> so sincere. And he looks at her and he says, "I'll darf you till I zoff." Like they're they're pledging this love to each other in this silly made up language in this like. Oh, office party where like Joe is staring sadly at the computer on a rotating podium. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this this show is wild. Like I'm I'm interested to see where season two goes because I yeah. It, in my mind, I I thought the whole show was them making yeah. the PC, but here we are at the end of season one. They've made the PC, so I have no idea what happens next. Yeah. I, I don't know if season two focuses more on Apple since they've they've done that or like how how do we actually like make these p- people fall in love with the machine like we've got the better faster computer out there but now how how do we give it a personality or how do we give or because yeah they they start to introduce a- a- Apple at the end of that right uh, and they take away the personalized. Uh, 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 yeah the 
that's personalized the bargain. operating system. That's the bargain they have to strike. Like if we remove Cameron's operating system, the computer right. is faster. The computer is cheaper. We can build. We can beat the slingshot computer. And this is what makes Cameron completely leave and go start her own company, which she literally names Mutiny. <laughs> Right, yeah, uh, and which and she then spray painted on the wall of her mutiny. apartment. Yeah, mutiny. It's Cameron so solves it's all great. of her problems with spray paint. But like, I, I'm, I'm wondering if season two is going to. So, have have you seen The Wire? By ch- I have not. By ch- chance you have not. Okay, so one of my favorite shows, and. In all of the seasons of The Wire, the plot continues, but each season of the show focuses on a different aspect of the like Baltimore drug game of just like Mm. this is how it plays out between the undercover cops and the drug dealers. This is how it affects the blue collar workers at the docks. This is how it affects the media. This is how it affects the public schools and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And each one focuses on a different aspect, despite the plot still moving forward. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if season two is going to focus more on marketing of just like, Mm. how do we market this thing? Right. Like we now have Apple and their 1984 commercial, which, huh? Cameron sure looked an awful lot like the girl in that commercial. I wonder if we can do something similar, right? <laughs> can can we put this operating system back in, which they at one p- 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 point mentioned, maybe a version two, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe that's the route they take. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Where do you think this show goes from season one? So season one ends with we haven't seen Boz in like the last two episodes. Seemingly, he's still on house arrest somewhere. We don't right. know. I'm yeah. excited for Boz to come back. So Cardiff Electric is still under that uh, legal threat of Boz uh, doing a cyber crime. And like Cameron helped him. But we nobody knows outside of this immediate circle that Cameron was the one actually perpetrating it. And Boz was the one just pointing her at it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think he did some of it himself. I think he talks a little bit about how he was able to hack into Cardiff's account, but it was a team effort. So there is Cardiff Electric itself maybe on shaky ground. Uh, Cameron is left to start this company and she's gotten Donna as the hardware person. Donna, after the the giant was sold and uh, Gordon was moving up in the company, like she quits her job. Uh, and he buys a Porsche and later the episode, the Porsche gets stolen in like a very odd scene. Another one of just, just wild moments. I'm just like, what is going on here? Yeah, Nobody on the show is allowed to have a Porsche. Both characters, (laughs) Joe and Gordon both have Porsches and then are forced to get rid of them. (laughs) So wild, man. I don't know. But so we've got Cameron and Donna working on this. And then Joe, he lights that truck of computers on fire. And it's not all of the computers. It's just like one of many trucks. So it seems like maybe he calculated in his head, this is an acceptable loss or we'll have insurance for this or something. Mm -hmm. The final scene is like some little gas station somewhere out in the country, somewhere in America. Joe goes up to this guy it was like working at the gas station. Like, isn't the, this telescope, like this big uh, satellite telescope over there. 
the guy's like, yeah, you know, there's some woman who works there and, you know, nobody really sees her. She stays with the telescope mm-hmm, and then right, Joe yeah. goes hiking off there because we we learn that he has been under the impression that his like while, you know, he fell off the roof. He was in the hospital for two years. It seems like his mother went away and he believed she died, whereas his dad was lying to him. Like right, he yeah. wanted his son to believe the mom was dead so that they wouldn't get in touch with each other again. Like he's like, my wife is a dangerous person for my son to be around. I don't want that to happen again. I'm telling her she's dead. And she, I think he like had her institutionalized or something, but she's not there anymore. Like she got out. And so that was what this giant breakup was at IBM. Like we learn at the beginning of the series that Joe like caused like a million dollars in damage to a server room. And we don't know what it was about. And later we find yeah. out like it must have been his and dad he was, he revealing was, like, to him missing for an entire year. No one knows yeah. where he went or what he did. Uh, but yeah, then he's he's like, I went looking for mom to like yes. find out who she is. Yeah. She lived this little life that I had no idea about because you lied and said she was dead. Yeah, like, it seems I, like he, he like his dad revealed this to him and then he like completely lost it and like destroyed a server room in his rage knowing that his mom was alive the whole time. So that's yeah. where Joe ends at the end of season one. He's going to go find his mom because he's he wants to know how much of himself is her as opposed to his dad. Like you can tell he gets this salesman part of himself from his dad, but the part of him that does believe in moving things forward, this idealistic part of him, this dreamer part of him is all his mom. And he wants to reconnect with that. Yeah. So who knows if he finds his mom? Cause they, they, they also mention this killer a- app thing of, of, of like, Hey, we need some kind of killer oh app to oh go God. with the computer. So God, I'm, these software nerds are like, I made a moon calendar. I made a, God, a virtual idea. game. I but, love the other software engineers at the company. They're such goofs. They're, they're great. One of the actors is the dad from Shazam. Yes. I, yeah. I, the foster I, dad I like from him. Shazam. Yeah. I love him. But, uh, yeah, so like I'm I'm wondering if somehow like reconnecting with his mom is going to help inspire him to figure out what this killer app yeah. is going to be and is he going to hire Cameron and Donna at Mutiny to build this mm. app? Is it going to be some kind of gaming thing cuz they're yeah. they're talking about these modems and games and stuff like that. So it it, it seems like there might be some kind of interactive thing going on here of like hey the internet is just starting up yes uh they downloaded a a picture of uh what's his name's mask right uh jason is that 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 is mask with the the hockey hockey mask jason yeah Yeah. that's him yeah uh i'm i don't like horror stuff so I, i don't really pay a t- t- attention i forgot but, what you were talking about and you're like what's his name's mask and i'm like mr robot no uh but the yeah, most like, prevalent the, mask they, they, in my like, life they're testing the internet modem thing that cameron is making and that's what they mm. do they download it t- takes them like two minutes to download this like really really pixelated picture of of uh of of his mask there and they're like it works it's gorgeous look at it hooray <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah like i'm wondering if it's something to do with that of like 
I, or who knows? Do they invent a browser? Are they the ones that invent Netscape Navigator? Wow. Or, uh, yeah, who knows what? Um, it could go down the internet road, or they could be setting that 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 that, that up for season three. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, and I don't know how long uh, of time the show encapsulates. You know, it starts in 1983 into 84. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily like approximately a year per season or if there's going to be long gaps, you know, how, in, when in time we will leave them. In the last episode, or the last two, at least, it, it spans six to eight months i think i because ces maybe. is usually something that takes place uh or, or ces calm that deck i i figured since they were making the connection between the like uh the the convention and mm-hmm. the porn awards i was like okay that's maybe like early in the year that's probably january but it's also vegas so it's not it's not going to be cold out, yeah right i feel so, like there is like a somewhere there's like a a time marker but i'm not thinking of what it is well the, yeah they 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 mentioned some things in conversation of like it's been months since we've seen you or or, or you know x y and z but um yeah like the, there ends up being like a good number of months that 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 spans the final two yeah. episodes because 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 yeah they have to they, they i think they were planning on launching in march right is that when they were yeah launching? yeah because i was just thinking if that apple 1984 commercial was a super bowl commercial that would have been February, yeah. and then they were launching in yes. March. Okay, it looks like it was a Super Bowl ad. Pushing it to yes. April, but they don't. Wow, did you know Ridley Scott directed that commercial? I did, actually. Wow, um, I, have a lo- I only I have a lot know to that learn. because that commercial has come up in recent video game news and stuff like that. Um, 1984 yeah. commercial, the video game. Uh, there's a whole thing with Fortnite and Epic Games nice. and uh, them wanting to charge a certain rate on their their app or like have in-game purchases. But Apple won't allow that unless you give them a certain thing and they don't they're like, no, we don't want to give you that money. We can just do that on our own. Uh, and they're like, OK, well, you can't play Fortnite on Apple devices and stuff. And so then like. You know they had this prepared, but uh, Epic Games then released a parody of that Apple Mm -hmm. commercial where they're like, free Fortnite, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's just like, oh, this is stupid. They don't know what they're doing. They do, but they don't. They're going about it in the wrong way. It's just not a good look. And oh, well. But yeah, so. That's that's how okay. I knew it was like, oh, okay. this commercial is directed by Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I was not aware. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're g- going to do next. It seems like they've set up some stuff. I just don't know which domino they're <laughs> g- 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 going to hit first. That makes as, sense. As, as we wrap up the conversation, I have one more thing I want to mention. One thing that struck me about this show as a period piece and looking at how life was different in 1983, Mm -hmm. they drink so much soda. 
it's unconscionable to me that that's all anybody drinks. No, I, you never see anybody drink a water. And there's no diet soda at this time, I guess, or it wasn't common. Just watching Cameron drink orange soda after orange soda has me so She's worried. She's a punk kid. <laughs> She's like that that's that's what that's what i was d- 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 doing in college like i <laughs> melissa you would cry if you saw the amount of s- soda i was drinking in college like just i i was made of mountain dew <laughs> but like i think it's in the first or second episode where donna comes home and like they Gordon's drinking something and he's like, it's not a beer, it's a soda. And I'm like, yeah, look at you over there which, drinking that full which sugar is a better soda. Alternative to him having the alcohol, which she, she was like, hey, it you're is. becoming an alcoholic. But yeah, it's not I like, just, okay, fine, I'll have a water, I'll, I'll right, have a like, tea or a, co- a co- co- coffee. Exactly. It's always so world soda. Where water doesn't exist. It's all booze or full sugar soda. And that was wild to me. I wasn't I, thinking I, about I how jarring the I didn't notice it. I don't think it was as bad as you say it is. But I, I yeah, I, the, the the, their alternatives is soda. I was very struck by the beverage landscape of 1983. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So last thing I want to say is that this show uh, is I could go go up here. So I get all of the credits. It's created by Chris Cantwell. um, And I'm sure I I know he was writing a number of the episodes. I don't know if he was directing it. I know he was executive producing it as well. I'm not sure. But uh, created by Chris Cantwell and Christopher C. Rogers um, are, are the two creators. I've heard Chris Cantwell's name before, and uh-huh. I didn't know what it was. And um, I, I I just, like, it was one of those things I was like, I feel like I've heard the name before, but it didn't, like, eat at me. Like, where? Hmm. Where? It's bothering me, you know? It didn't bother me. And then all of a sudden, as I was listening to some podcasts, they mentioned him. Ah. I was listening to some comic book podcasts. He writes c- 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 comics okay. as well. He's written some recent things for Marvel. Uh, he's written his own creator-owned s- stuff. And so I just want to say that down the road, I think you might hear some more Chris Cantwell stuff come okay. up because I now want to check out some of his comics and stuff like that. I think he's written some Iron Man and Doctor mm. Doom. Uh, I think he, he has a – actually, did I pitch a Doctor Doom series to you recently? That might have been the one that I pitched. I don't know. I I feel like I would have picked a Doctor Doom series. I don't remember. I know I did Magneto recently. Right. Yes. You picked Mag. You did pitch Magneto, which is not by him. That was by Colin Bunn, uh, who did Harrow County, which we both read and enjoyed, uh, or at least we read the first couple volumes of. But yeah, like I, I, I now want to go check out his 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 stuff because I went back to a comic book podcast that I like and they were doing all of their like end of the year discussions on like best writer and best new series and best ongoing series and his name came up a number of times in their stuff so I was like huh okay I'm gonna have to go 
check this out then. So, yeah. Speaking of the creators, I just want to mention that I really like the opening credits for the show. I like that they Mm -hmm. use the classic Macintosh font and that the opening credits are all pink, bright magenta, powerful color choice. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, it has that like techie. uh, Yeah, we're 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 in the system. We've hacked in this hacked hacked the planet, right? It's like yeah, and like kind of stuff, but not in a cheesy way. It's like a really broody. Dramatic way, which right? Fits the show. That's what it is. Yeah, is. and it it's like these pixelized images of the characters, but they get more and more pixelized to where, like, yeah, that's a. I can clearly tell that that's Lee Pace, and it completely degrades to where, like, that's not even an approximation of Toby Huss. That's just some lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, last thing I will a- ask is, who's your favorite character so far? I, I really care about all of them. And like, I've got such different emotional reactions to all of them. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, pr- I want to protect Cameron. I want to scoop her up in my arms and like take her somewhere safe. Joe's absolutely future. fascinating. And like Lee Pace uh, is such a delight to watch. I, I love him. Gordon is really compelling because he's so tense because you're really worried he's going to screw it up. Yeah. I admire Donna a lot. I want to be Donna when I grow up. It, it, Boz is such a treasure. We, we didn't spend a lot of time with Boz. I'm excited to learn more about him. It's hard to name. It's hard to name a favorite character. Yeah. Um, I think for me, yeah, it's it's a tie between either Cameron or Gordon. Cause I, Gordon's I, I, weirdly I, I, compelling. He really is. I mean, he, he's... I, I feel like oftentimes he ends up being the main character, despite Lee Pace, I think, being the headlining actor of like Lee yes. Pace in Halt and Catch Fire, right? I, I think Scoots McNary has, has a good like second fiddle that you could argue is just as strong, if not better yeah, than his... Lee Pace here. Gordon is so desperate. He's the one striving more than any other character. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I I just like the spunk and the like chaos that Cameron brings. You yes. never know what she is going to do next. I'm just like, but you like, know what, you know, I'm gonna start my own company called. But like she's, she's so honest like she's never really playing games with anybody the the way like joe or somebody else would like i Mm -hmm. I really appreciate how just open and earnest cameron is yeah so i like the show i'm excited for season two Mm -hmm. uh yeah i'm interested to see where this all goes it's gonna be a fun one that's for sure uh Melissa, now yes. that we are done with this, we as, as for our end of the month specials, mm. uh, since we're doing this multiple times, we like to do the like at the end of the first one, we say, hey, here's here's some some things you might like. Uh, but then we also do our recommendations on the very last. Yep. One. First and last. As of season one, what else would you recommend? I, I think the obvious one being mr robot if you yes. like this go ch- ch- check out mr robot yeah what else would you recommend um i would 
I really loved this show and it was a real struggle to me not to watch through all of it so fast because I knew I wanted it to mm-hmm. be fresh enough in my mind for recording here at the end of the month. So I'm like, okay, you like you you have to pace yourself. Find something else. What what is your temporary substitute halt and catch fire that will like satisfy the same craving? Go watch more Pushing Daisies. So that's what I did. Like, I'll, if you want I'll just more replace. Lee Pace, yeah, right. I'm like, I'll just replace this with another Lee Pace show temporarily, and I, I'll just pace the pace out. Yeah, <laughs> Pushing Daisies, um, it, and he's giving such a different performance in that show. Where oh, he's yeah. a lot more Absolutely. open and tender and vulnerable he's and more yeah. conventional. Yes, it's. Such a sweet show to the point where it's mostly about pie. It's about murder <laughs> and musical numbers and pie. Please watch Pushing Daisies. Uh, which we covered. <laughs> yeah, like two years number. ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was here. a show uh, created by Brian Fuller. It aired on ABC in like the mid 2000s and it lasted two seasons. It was canceled early, unfortunately. It's such a beautiful strange dazzling candy colored treat of a show so we it talked is. about season one and then i went back, back and i watched some season episode two. 43 wow long time ago yeah a hundred a hundred episodes ago I, yeah i was gonna say this is episode 142 so all, yep. all, it's like 99 episodes ago <sighs> wild cool um yeah i think that's a good recommendation mm. you have any other recommendations or is not that at it this for, for now not at this time. Uh, there's, okay. This approximately reminds me of other things, but I've never seen them. Like, I, gotcha. I might recommend Silicon Valley if I'd ever watched an episode of it and didn't just hear about it on podcasts. Yep. Haven't haven't seen that one, so I can't recommend that. Uh, uh, Mad Men. I, yeah, I, I think yeah. is an interesting recommendation. I know this was kind of coming on the air as Mad Men was coming off of the air. And they no. wanted another. It was around that time. When that did Mad Men end? Because this show came on in 2014. If they weren't overlapping, like Mad Men had finished, and I know AMC was looking for their next hit drama. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, what they were hoping for. I think Mad Men is a slower burn, and it's not, it's, it's tense, but in a different way. Uh, and yeah, this has much more of that tension p- packed in than Mad Men does. But if you just w- want to see interesting ca- characters who are really damn good, good, good at what they do and are charming yet really terrible people at the same yeah. time, <laughs> go watch Mad yes. Men. Yeah. Um, Here's another one I've recommended for a number of different things. Um, I, I would say go read Gotham Central. Oh, okay. this is a comic book. It's it's a crime like police drama slash <laughs> procedural um, that takes place in Gotham City. Uh, but it really like Batman barely shows up. Mm. He's maybe in there for a couple panels in in this whole thing. Um, and this focuses on the cops and what it's like to be a cop 
in the midst of this city where Batman is the world's greatest detective. You might have someone you know get killed by Mr. Freeze because they froze them to death, right? Mm. Like, what's that like? What's that like to mm. be a cop in the midst of that? And just the the drama that happens there, I, I would highly recommend <laughs> that show. Yeah, that, and if that, your primary that, that interest is just any story with a character named Gordon, uh, you've got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gordon is in in there. He's not the main k- 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 mm. k- character, though. It it uh, it follows a number of different cops, but one of the main ones is Renee Montoya, ah. um, who eventually t- t- turns into the question. Um, mm. if, 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 if yeah, so good stuff, good stuff with that. I would recommend that. But yeah, that's 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 my thoughts on that one. Yeah, so far. Interesting stuff. So, Melissa, last week you already mentioned what we are going yes. to be doing for this next week. If you could please remind us, that would be lovely. Yeah, next week we are watching the crime movie In Bruges. So this is about two criminals, uh, two hitmen who have just uh, barely escaped an unsuccessful hit attempt and they are hiding out in Bruges, Belgium, uh, waiting for their boss to give them their next orders. And some this was described to me as being structurally kind of like a romantic comedy, even though it is not really a romance. And that uh, concept intrigued me. Yeah, that's 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 what's interesting to me about this one, because you were like, I'm going to kind of get in the mood for uh, February and Valentine's Day. And then I was like, "Okay, she's going to pitch like rom coms and stuff. And it was like crime show crime show and this movie and i was like huh, okay yeah <laughs> so i am interested in in this do you know uh if this is available on a streaming service uh, or i did or, not i did not, not look it up uh i gotcha. i will have okay, to cool. yeah you'll find it somewhere that's fine yeah if not you can rent, rent it or so yeah buy pick it up an order from your somewhere. local library oh uh, yeah or that there you go um yeah that is what we will be doing this next week uh i'm trying to think of what i want to pitch for the week after that so i i I can do a more like romance centric Mm. thing but i also have something else that i want to do but i I guess that one can wait we'll see yeah We'll, we'll, we'll see about that but i'm excited to figure it out i'm excited to watch in bruges which we will be discussing next week uh let's see was i uh, was i about to say i have any other housekeeping stuff that i forgot to mention i don't think so uh so you guys know the deal go like share subscribe uh if you like what we do here on this show and you got some kind words to say please go rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts that would be wonderful uh especially since we are small time creators It'd help us spread the word and get more more uh, people checking out our show. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, Melissa, where can they find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And uh, I figured I'd also uh, plug my Pinterest account for this episode <laughs> <Okay>. under the <laughs> same username. I say this because... 
My biggest board that I have on Pinterest is one called Bygone Interiors, and it's a lot of 80s interior design because I just love to look at it. So if you just need more 80s energy, uh, you can find it on my Pinterest page. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There you go. One more t- time. What is your Pinterest? Uh, it's WilkyWit. Same as everything else. Same as everything. Okay, cool. Uh, if you guys want to find me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with our shows, we are at The Whatnots. Uh, I think that's about it. Oh, I, I, I guess there is one more thing. Uh, Whatnots Wednesdays. Yeah, we are streaming some video games now every Wednesday night. If you want to come hang out with us, we would love to have you. Uh, whether you're in the chat, please be in the chat. We'd love to have you come say hi and talk about things with us. Or if you're just a lurker, that is a okay too. Um, but I think Alan and Ignacio are going to be playing some Yakuza Zero uh, this 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 week, so it should be a wild t- time for sure. Because those games are pretty funny and can get uh, pretty crazy. So there you go, should be a good time. But with that, that wraps us up uh, this week for number one hundred and forty-two of the Whatnots Review Show. Wow. We will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.